Hello, this is Sasha. And this is Stephen. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where we invite our guests on to defend an aspect of popular culture that might otherwise be unfairly, question mark, maligned, question mark? Disregarded. Mm. And looked down upon. Yeah. Joining us today, well, here's her bio. After being recruited for NBC's The Voice, ever heard of it? Wow. And appearing on The Amber Rose Show, season one, episode one, she decided BTS was more her jam. And for those of you not in the industry, we that's what we call behind the scenes. Okay. <laughs> she currently works on a Disney Plus show, She's not allowed to talk about. In fact, she won't tell me what it is. So don't bother me, people. Stop asking me what is she working on because I don't know. Even off mic, she wouldn't tell you? She won't tell me. My God. I know. She also wrote on Vita, ever heard of it? And Fast and Furious, Spy Racers before that. Ever heard of that? Ever. Yeah. Welcome, Ashley Soto. Hey! Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Ashley, you were recruited to be on The Voice. Yeah, a a producer from The Voice emailed me and asked me to come and and I I assume it was to sing because I had at the time like a little like YouTube video or whatever. I, it, no, I did not have a following, but I definitely had videos <laughs> of me um, singing, and so uh, she wanted me to come in, and I didn't respond in time, so I didn't get to, uh, I didn't I didn't get my wow. my, my wow. fame. Wow, you could be in a completely different world right yeah, now. Yeah, I could be uh, the a next... struggling songwriter, okay. singer songwriter. <laughs> have have any? I don't follow the Voice. Have any winners of the Voice? gone on to become the kelly clarkson's of yeah does the voice have any kelly clarkson's do you know you know what i'm not sure uh i don't nobody the fact that i can't i can't think of someone means maybe not do you watch it though now i don't watch it as actively as i did there was a point where i was like every you know whenever it was coming on every tuesday night whatever it was i was i was there if you you are too busy writing on that disney plus show you won't tell me what it is we can't talk about it can't even can't even say that she is working on a disney plus show uh if you had uh gotten that notice in time let's say you're at the audition you're in you're on that first episode all of the coaches turn their chair around who are you gonna go who would you go with oh my god who are the coaches this time around because no they've idea. shifted <laughs> is okay. terry I, cruz always... <laughs> in the room am i right it's always adam levine right and um that the country fellow uh, Blake right. Sheldon, Aren't who's the... now married to Gwen Stefani, who they met on The Voice. They met each other as judges on The Voice, and now they're married, which is bizarre. Actually, they just came out with a, a song together, and that I watched. I, I watched the music video last night, and I was like, really into it. Not to brag, huh. but I met Blake Sheldon. No, you didn't. Years ago, when I was editing in New York on Country Music Association videos. Huh. Is he the sexiest man alive? Which is what he's been nominated. <laughs> That's once. true. Oh. People have declared him really? that last I year. He was I think fine. Not yeah, my type. I I have to say I would. I I'm not. I if I were the judges on that one, I I would go with someone else. It was a surprising choice. Perhaps to appeal to middle America. Oh, that's what we need these days, right? Instead, we... gotta reach across that aisle. Uh, (laughs) Instead, we're gonna mention, finally, well, have Ashley tell us what she's here to talk about. Uh, I'm here to talk about white chicks. The concept of a white woman. Yes. Actually, yes, that will be part of the conversation. (laughs) Uh, yeah, the uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's film. Yes, right. two thousand four. Two thousand four. Right, right. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. It's just been so omnipresent in the culture ever since. Right. Then. I mean, and also like three years after nine eleven, like that. Wow, happened. that's an interesting. That's, that was my way day. to look I, at. I look it. at everything. Yeah. Is that your really... point of reference for like before <laughs> or after nine yeah. eleven? What was allowed? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 
That's and, interesting. I, well, I didn't watch it with that frame of mind, but I now I feel like I need to go rewatch it again. Well, now, I mean, FBI is in this movie, so maybe mm-hmm. I wonder if they had some sort of influence, like 9-11 and the right. whole climate had an influence on, like, how do we make this funny? And Well, they did make it funny because the movie did extremely well, is what mm. I'm saying. Like, so if somebody thought it was funny because they made a lot of money, so maybe the context of 9-11 was you know, did play part in it. Sure. And this is a, this is a Sean and Marlon Wayne's comedy kind of in the vein of scare. The first two scary movies, or, um, the director Keenan, uh, is their older it's a brother. Whole family. You got Damon. Yep. You got Damon Wayne's junior. He's in the mix. Uh, there's this couple sisters. I think they really are yeah. kind of a juggernaut in Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, this was their time, really, Yeah, I think. So your frame of reference was 2001, 9-11. My frame of reference was Tyler Perry. I was like, did a Tyler Perry movie come Mm. out yet? And And what's the answer? No, 2005 (gasps) was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. So, like, Tyler Perry wasn't who he is. Maybe he is who he is because... I think so. Yeah, there's just Mm. enough time to get inspired and make... Your own. They paved the way <laughs> for Tyler Perry, for better or for worse. <laughs> Despite all these great things we're telling our audience about white chicks, why do you think, Ashley, this is a good fit for the podcast? Do people not like this movie? I mean, hello, a lot of people have seen it. So I'm, I was actually really upset because you sent me a list of like the 50 worst movies of all time or something like that. And it was number four. And I was like, what? Wow. Who made this list? And I guess there's like a robust like criteria of how to qualify for this list. <laughs> and so to be number four was really upsetting. And then I looked it up and it's like 15% Rotten Tomatoes. What? This is... <laughs> This I, I just disagree wholeheartedly with all the critics. So before you had seen this list, did you did what did you think the general reception of White Chicks was? Did you think it was overwhelmingly positive? Yes, it's uh-huh. a hilarious movie. <laughs> like, do you not think so? I mean, we're, look, we're gonna get well, into this is it. Why we're Let's here. get into <laughs> it. Let's get into it. Uh, what is the premise, Ashley? Yeah, Can you tell us a little premise? bit about White Chicks. Uh, White Chicks is about two FBI agents who are on the verge of losing their careers as FBI agents, and they. Uh, take a job that's supposed to be really easy, just drop off these two white chicks and be... Two Paris Hilton Two types. Paris Hilton types. Because she was hot at Very the time. Very much, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's... The FBI's concerned that they're going to get kidnapped. Yes. Uh, and so they... So Sean and Marlon Wayne's playing Kevin Copeland and Marcus Anthony Copeland. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I thought they Mark weren't Anthony. playing brothers in the movie. I yeah, actually, they did come off as friends, like yeah, best I, friends. That, you don't get a you don't surprising. get a sense that they're related. Yeah, but I am. Surprised. Apparently, they are based on what I'm looking at in the cast list right now, which is fine. Uh, but then it says the second, so does it mean it's different? I think that relation. Means Marcus is the older one. Mm. Yeah, he was named, named after, after their father, mm-hmm. or maybe their grandfather. I guess if it was father it would be junior so we got those two and and so what happens so everything's going well they just have to pick them up from the their private jet or whatever and take them to the hamptons but on the way it's actually kind of bizarre like the they have a dog <laughs> there's like a little pomeranian like, the, yeah you would know oh my gosh you would know oh my yeah. this is perfect so there's a there's that type of dog i can't pronounce it i'm sorry it's i okay. don't have the word in front of me to phonetically sound it out and so the dog takes the front seat because that's how they treat their dogs so he's sitting in the front seat buckled up and then opens the window i guess with his paw and then flies out of the window and so one of the brothers i can't i don't know i i'm sorry i don't know which one um uh, holds on to the the dog with the leash and like is trying to save the dog from like dying or whatever but as he but he's also driving at the same time so yeah. he's swerving around whatever blah, blah blah so all that to say is that it goes wrong and they like kind of land in a ditch and then what happens is everything like flies everywhere and then the twins the, or the girls the two white chicks the original white chicks 
Um, they get scars on their face or like bloody on blood on their face. Barely. Just, just tiny little nicks. Like, Barely. Yeah, very, yeah, scratches, scratches. <laughs> to them, it was blood, okay? So I'm in their like point of view. They got, they were maimed and so they could no longer go to the, the Hamptons party and it was awful and they couldn't do it. But obviously the FBI agents, they want to keep their job. So they then... Uh, impersonate the white chicks and get and and for those of you who don't know the Wayne's brothers are black so like to impersonate two white chicks they have to do the whole like a white face and drag type yes. of thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's a astounding effect this Ugh. practical makeup effect have it's you not seen... great <laughs> I, I would say it's not like they don't look like the two actresses but I don't think we are meant to feel that they do look like Well, that's the big suspension of disbelief in this film that people don't see that they don't look human at all. So here's why this movie is so great, okay? Okay, two things before, okay. So the two white chicks, have you seen the memes of comparison of the white chicks with Iggy Azalea? No. No. Oh, well, there are a lot of memes that go around that say that Iggy Azalea looks like the white chicks as, you know, the brothers <laughs> okay. as the white chicks. But like Iggy Azalea is, a, is that is who she is in her true form. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would wager that they did look like white chicks. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> second of all. They're just so rich. These white girls are so... They're in the Hamptons. You know when you, like, are just trying to keep up or whatever with the Kardashians or whoever you're trying to keep up with? So you don't, like... You're not going to... You're, you're going to be on your P's and Q's around other rich people. So you're not going to be like, oh, well, you look... You know... <laughs> you know, what is it? Uh, the red Little Red Riding Hood when she, like, goes to her grandma. Like, uh-huh. wow, grandma, you grew that nose or whatever. <laughs> like, they're not going to do that to the their fellow rich white people sure and so they're all just like playing this like socialite game and it works because i imagine that that's what the socialite game is like where you just like look at each other and you're like something went wrong there but i'm not gonna tell you to your face (laughs) that's interesting that is not the reading that i had during the movie do tell what your reading was (laughs) to me it was just part of the joke was that in the world of the movie, they're pulling it off. You know, like people are truly convinced that, that they truly. are. Sure. Uh, you definitely have to buy Brittany into like the, the theatrics of it all. Yeah. For sure. But me taking another step back and like the, the, the analysis of the no, world. Yeah. I like that deeper <laughs> Sociological. Read yeah. Well, I would say that right away, I'm just going to throw something out there. Here we Is, go. Yeah. That, to me, a lot of jokes in this film are made at the expense of women as group of people in general. And the some jokes are made, the better jokes are made at the expense of rich, like class, you know, like certain women. Like, so whenever that happens, I'm on board. When it's like, that's why I'm crazy, because PMS, and yeah. that's just everybody laughing. That's when it's like, seems like it wouldn't work today. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the jokes wouldn't work today, but I would also, uh, I agree with you that a lot of the jokes are made at, expense, at the expense of women and the expense of maybe rich white women or just rich people. But I would also say that, like, there's a lot of jokes made at the expense of black men. And so, and it's a, it's a movie written by black men. And so I think they take some liberties that, like, maybe other writers can't take. Mm. And so, like, even the whole Terry Crews, like, character, that's O.J. Simpson. That, like, mm. none of mm. us <laughs> can necessarily write about. And then Terry, nobody can act that. Like, Terry so, Crews can. <laughs> so is that Terry Crews's? Because he is my favorite part of this film, yeah. undeniably. Like, is this his, like, one of the first acting yeah. roles? Because that's, like, two years before Idiocracy, right? Oh, Did, really? Yeah, wow. Idiocracy was 2006. Wow. So... Motherfucker knows how to be so funny on camera. Like, yeah, I yeah. think white chicks put Terry Crews on. <laughs> Terry Crews' movie is because of white chicks. Can you tell us what what is his role in the film? How does he play? So into he's a, he play, he plays a really disgusting character. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he plays a football player uh, who really uh, sleazily is trying to date one of the white chicks who's at the, at this point in the movie is one of the Wayne's brothers. And yeah, so he, this is uh, 
he's he's praying. Yeah, on... he's definitely praying. Like not trying to date. He's like praying on like yeah. seducing a like, white he... girl with the black girl's ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm taking that home to mama to quote him. <laughs> yeah, one of the best. Yeah, clothes. he's he's going after Marcus, Marcus. played yes. by Marlon Wayans, which I thought it was more believable white chick than the other one you thought you thought marlon was giving in the better performance yes interesting yes agreed yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. uh sean spends more time out of the makeup right sean's character is pursuing a a reporter in also a weird predatory way by like lying about his identity even more than he's already lying about his identity uh, and so he has a few scenes where he's just not even in the makeup. This movie should have been called Double Identity. Mm. Not Double Indemnity. <laughs> triple, triple Identity. Triple Identity. Anyway, so yeah, Terry Crews. So he's a disgusting guy who wants to hook up in the most disgusting way with like a white, rich white girl, right? Falls and in love. I would... It- I, yes, he definitely only likes white girls, which you learn at the end of the movie, which is yes. why I say it's O.J. Simpson. Because mm. so anyway, we can get to that once we get to that. But um, so he, but he sees, uh, I guess Marlon's character walk in, and he's like, "I want that one." So it wasn't just any white girl; like he chose this <laughs> white chick. He did, and pursued her until the end when he learns that he's black, which was what the big. You know, right. The 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 problem he ultimately has is not that He's Marlon Wayans is a man, <laughs> just that he is not white. Correct. Uh, Which doesn't make him open-minded. We've closed his mind in a different way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. That's the whole thing. That's why I say he's O.J. Simpson because that was the whole thing with O.J. Was he married a white woman? He was considered to by white people to not be black. There was hmm. like, there's been a lot of like articles about O.J. about how he ascended to his social status, and it was that he was there was something about him that people didn't see him as black. They obviously didn't see him as white, but like he he was seen seen as black, and so he was never treated poorly in the way that black americans are treated in the states and hmm. so he was able to get away with a lot of things because of that. yeah and so i think that i my understanding is that terry cruz is the representation of oj but we like... <laughs> hate to love him i mean because he's very oh, yeah, he's charming a, he's an awful like he plays an awful character he... um but he's hilarious like he's so committed to it and it's hilarious at one point he tries to drug marlon yeah marcus yeah. straight marcus. up Roofies. rape yeah <laughs> although i think roofie. i think we're supposed to understand that it was not actually a roofie but More rather like ecstasy. ecstasy yeah which yeah. Not doesn't that, make that sense. makes it okay no um, but also doesn't make sense because that's not how like i, I guess like ecstasy wouldn't do probably roofie's job like if that's what they're going for right right and uh, right ecstasy wouldn't make the woman pass out i guess yeah. it would just make it would more make open her to down. having a yeah. great time. It would make her just be tingly and wanted to dance. And it does lead to a, a great scene of Terry Crews because his character ultimately takes the drugged drink instead and he then gives a great dance uh, scene. I could watch that dance for like 35 minutes. It's if, so good. If, and I would be like, this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even better than the dance-off, which of course is... Like the major dance off, which True. comes in later, which is the big part of this movie. So the uh, Marcus and Kevin are undercover as these white chicks now, and they get to the Hamptons. and And what? Where do we go from there, Ashley? Where do we go from there? <laughs> well, right. In- so they arrive. That's right. They arrive to the hotel. So they're checking in. They see that their boss is there, um, and so they try to play it cool, and then. What I really liked about that scene was that the, we right before that we had met the the or the socialite white chicks and so we saw how they responded to everything and so it was literally them repeat it was literally just repeating everything they said but now like it was funny this time I did around. enjoy that yes mm-hmm. yeah it was like really like satisfying to watch Talk them about literally a- repeat like throwing a bf yeah oh my gosh a bf oh oh and then the what was that i'm gonna write a letter like that <laughs> what's throwing a bf for a bitch fit. fit there you go you know the the common 2004 expression we're all used i love it so um yeah so there's the there's definitely like questionably appropriate like scene of terry cruz buying right yeah One, the like auction. the auction auctioning the auction. date Actually, yeah. a date, but it's but done it in a way that it's uh, definitely makes you feel uncomfortable 
as if they're buying uh, a slave a slave yeah yeah in the most and again i would argue that because these this is a movie written by black men like they are playing with their own history in that sense Mm. so i feel like if other people were to write this we it would even back then it would be questionable humor which but to me even today that particular scene doesn't i'm not rubbed the wrong way because it's like very clearly black men playing with that whole notion Mm -hmm. but i did feel again that all the women in that scene were the punch of the jokes. Like, sure. like even the women who were like the bad women, you know, like the, the mean girls of the socialite world in the Hamptons, like they were mean in a way that like a caricature of a woman is mean. It's like this prism that we have today where like, how do you do comedy? How do right. you stay funny um, without, being, w- without offensive. being offensive? It's definitely like making you question and be like, okay, like I like that, but that one, I'm all of a sudden finding myself react to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I, I wonder if the screenwriters think that they're... Um, undermining that by having also quote unquote like good white women like there there's a group of three women who become who are their friends at least uh, two of them are huge actresses you got busy phillips and and uh, yeah. jennifer carpenter jennifer, sure. jennifer carpenter is definitely like one of my favorite actresses Based, I love her. just on dexter what else has she been in? oh she was in um dragged across concrete was it? Oh, she is in Brawl and Cell Block Brawl 99. And... Okay. I don't... Maybe she is in yeah, because, Concrete too. I don't because, know. Because, yeah, that director likes to work with her a mm. lot. I mean, just like any little thing I see her in, she gives so much emotion. Like, it's incredible. I do like how different her character in this is compared to her character from Dexter. Yes. Uh, and Which it's pretty hasn't... enjoyable to watch. Dexter might have been like a year from being made or something. Dexter probably came so out. So White yeah. Chicks also started her career. Uh, so yeah, they have yeah. these the these quote unquote good white women, although they do all say the n word. Uh, but that scene is also <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Can we just acknowledge that? Yes, it's funny. What is, tell us. Tell what us. Is what, the, what is the song that they all really like? Uh, the, making my way downtown. Yeah. Does anybody know the name of that song? Uh, Michelle Branch. It is, uh, that's who it is. Which yeah, I found out on IMDb trivia page that. Terry Crews actually does love this song a lot. Oh my god! I I'm now remembering when he sings <laughs> he along sings to the song. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah, they're all in the car, and they're that song comes on the radio, and the three actual white chicks are all like, "We love this song," and they're all singing it along. It's such an annoying fucking like white girl song. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they try and get Sean and Marlon to sing along. They of course don't know the words, and then they change the radio station, and and it's uh and it's rap. Uh, I'm I'm not familiar with the the name of that song, but it does have yeah, the yeah, N word in it, either. and they are rapping along with it, and they say the N word, and the their three friends are like, God, uh, girls, I can't believe you said that. You can't say the N word. And uh, one of I, I'm not sure which which one, Sean or Marlon, says, "There's nobody around." Uh, to and then like all that. the girls break out and sing it like they knew every single word. No, I think I think the target in that scene is very obviously like white people thinking that like well if there's no one around to offend then i might as well say it um yeah that's a great scene which is still in conversation today this is why i really like this one because that conversation still happens today gina rodriguez just got so much heat for singing along with the song and saying the n-word and then um being essentially almost unapologetic yeah her it did i think she gave one of those i'm sorry Sorry, you were offended apologies which uh yeah if your apology starts with i'm sorry if uh it's not really an apology yeah so yeah they're trying to i think contrast the evil white women with the good white women but also the good white women all have like these stereotypical kind of freak out moments which probably just you talk up to these too the black right you know uh, which character was the one with the the wife marlon's Marlon's, uh marcus has a wife marcus has a wife constantly thinks thinks that he's cheating on her (laughs) and yeah i mean i ultimately it probably just comes down to i think it's seven men credited on the screenplay and they don't (laughs) don't know or maybe have never tried to put a lot of effort into writing realistic female characters. I guess the one w- woman in the movie who maybe doesn't 
ever fall into stereotypes like that is the reporter character. I thought she was also a stereotype. Like, I thought everybody was a stereotype, <laughs> which is why I wasn't offended by any of them. There's also another character, a party guest, played by Evangeline Lilly from Lost. Oh, I missed year, her. Year before her career started. <laughs> Who are we to say that oh. her career didn't start here as a party guest? I, I- see she's credited as uncredited. <laughs> Hey, good for her. Um, Hopefully she made $100 that day, you know? Well, it got cut out at the end because I didn't see her. I was keeping my eyes open. Yeah? I was, but I don't know. I don't have very good eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the Hamptons kind of falls in love with the new Britain Tiff, right? Uh, Everybody, except for their nemeses, the Vandergeld, the Vandergeld sisters. The Vandergelds, right. Uh, played by Jamie King and Brittany Daniel. Uh, and it turns out their father is ultimately the villain of the film. Which is like briefly, like like <laughs> nobody really deals with that part of the story too much, which of course is right, just Right, that's not why you're there, yeah, right? Yeah. The, uh, you're there for the white chicks. Yeah. There was also, uh, I thought, an interesting part where, is it Kevin who falls for, yeah. for Sean, reporter, Sean right? Sean Wayne's character, Kevin. He falls for the reporter who is like a beautiful lady and she's like the normal like she's like the normal in this crazy world right she yeah she's the one normal person except maybe the the cap the fbi captain he's a little quirky guy like, that's true he's yeah very he flirted with the white chicks at the start of the movie true. let's not forget that well they compare him to denzel washington who's not gonna fall for that while being like racist to him like oh nice chocolate oh like, i know <laughs> yeah and that's frankie Faison. i he's such a good he's, actor he's fantastic and so the character of kevin's he pretends to be terry cruz's character terry cruz's character by wearing his clothes right like his rolex from the beach house and then taking this reporter because he overheard her say that she's into rich guys yeah to like the mansion that terry cruz uh owns of course there's a very stereotypical chinese character that gets kicked out uh, because she's Some like the cleaning lady. Yeah. 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 So I actually did love this moment where they're at this house and then there's the dog, right? So they're like starting to make out. Yeah. And then there's the dog appears, which is like a scary looking Rottweiler. And she says, oh, here's your dog. And he goes, oh, no, I don't have any dog. Oh, wait, there's the dog. <laughs> and he sees that dog that's like salivating, like ready to strike, like, like just like ready to attack him and he's like that's not no dog that's family hey, <laughs> hey, hey cousin <laughs> hey cousin but he really wants to hook up with this reporter so he actually goes as far as letting this dog jump on him and uh, this is how say, we play this is how we play but like this is not no dog this is family was probably my favorite tiny little uh well, because line. that's how you feel about spoon and shark right They're exactly not just dogs. i actually thought there was a lot of moments in the script which was like written pretty funny but then the performance was so good. Yeah, as I was watching this movie, I was thinking about what Marlon Wayans has gone on to do. Because Marlon Wayans still makes movies like this. But Sean does not. Marlon is now kind of going his own way. He has like a deal with Netflix. He has like a new Netflix movie every year. He, uh, Former guest Fadal Sadi and I saw the Fifty Shades of Grey parody, Fifty Shades of Black mm. that he made. But Sean does not. And I think it kind of... Marlon is kind of the more absorbing presence in the movie. Not, yes. Sean is maybe kind of feeling like a more like traditional leading man role maybe he's like the more classically handsome one i don't know but like marlon is the one doing a lot more of like the physical comedy uh there's a scene where he is squeezed into a tiny outfit and his he like contorts his body in a very amusing way until Um, the outfit bursts it seems (laughs) i don't know i don't know uh okay and then how does the film end like what's the act three of it sure well so everybody winds up at the labor day fashion show which there's another pop culture reference have you seen the Kardashian, the uh, the jenners what are their names um kylie and kendall at the met gala Hmm. 
Okay, so the white white chicks, what they came down in that fashion, that fashion, what's it called? Fashion uh, catwalk, show? The, the catwalk. Yeah, runway, exactly. Yeah. Those costumes, if you look up pictures, there's comparisons, again, more memes. The same way Iggy uh-huh. Azalea pictures floating around with white chicks, there are pictures of white chicks in those particular costumes floating around wow. with comparison to Kylie and Kendall Jenner at the Met Gala. So, so remember, ever, Met Gala. Ever so, present yeah. in the culture. Life has come to imitate art in this case. Yes. Uh, High art, I would say. <laughs> uh, the actual sisters, uh, Brittany and Tiffany, uh, I another thing I think is very funny is that they see in the newspaper that they're in the Hamptons, and at first they <laughs> buy like, it oh because God. they wanted to be they wanted to be on page six. Like that was one of yeah. the things to be in the newspapers. Pre social media, y'all. Uh, I feel like that's how anonymous the movie is approaching this particular type of white woman. Is that like even they? are convinced that it's them. Uh, But ultimately, they do realize that they are not in the Hamptons, and so they go. And at the fashion show, they collide both pairs of uh, Tiffany and Which is a perfect, like, writing in the sense that, like, how will we see the two sets of twins together? (laughs) And it's like, we'll see it right on stage when they start, like, being, what, wait, wait, what, what? Oh, the the two from different pairs came out, like mixed up, and and, and they start realizing. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, and also at this time, the evil plan comes to fruition, where these two twins are going to be kidnapped, kidnapped for ransom money, um, and uh, ultimately it is it crescendos into big heroic moments for both of the brothers as well as Terry Crews's character. Uh, Big crescendo for him. Mm-hmm. Wait, we never talked about the day, by the way. Anyway, all oh, right, so. your favorite, your favorite scene. <laughs> My of the favorite film. scene of the movie. But Terry Crews spends the entire movie trying to date Marlon. Correct? It was yeah. Marlon. Yes. He trying to date Marlon because and of then, his butt. Because of his butt, and I'm, I, although he likes white women in general, he likes white women. No, butts. he only likes white women. <laughs> and they end up in a wheelchair after. Yeah. Oh yeah. Once it. you go black, you end up in a wheelchair. <laughs> and here, here she comes. And she right. rolls by. <laughs> and he does say ultimately they get the feeling back, but it's unclear whether they get full use of their legs back. Uh, I think it's clear. <laughs> but yeah, when 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 she sees for the first time, you know, and falls in love with Marlon's character in drag, you know, she she's so annoyed by him or he's so annoyed by him. She sprays uh, like pepper spray yeah. in Terry Crews' mm. face. And uh, this in, is the beginning of the... Yeah, he's like, she be- don't know yet, but oh, that's wifey right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is an amazing <laughs> line. And and so like this it just sets up like their game sort of, yeah. of like no matter how badly she... Uh, acts, him. acts, yeah, oh, yeah, and treats him and acts in front around him. The more like Terry Crews' character just gets turned on. So yeah. it's a classic. What some is, like it hot? Yeah. Scenario. So what is that date like, Ashley? The date is. <laughs> so he picks her up. So we got to start from the like when they get picked up. Okay. <laughs> so he picks her up, gets in the car, and so she, so she, we're going with she. Uh, she is from the onset trying to like sabotage this date and so she was like oh i know exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna turn on this song that white girls like that obviously a black man doesn't like and so he turns on the michelle branch song that we sang you know what in the in another car with a bunch of white chicks before and he like it's like he, this love is sealed because <laughs> it turns out to be his favorite song. And Terry and- Crews's too, it turns out, <laughs> according to IMDb, right? Oh, yeah. And Terry yeah. Crews in real life. Yes. Uh, and so it turns out to be Terry Crews's character's favorite song. And so he sings all the lines, all the lyrics. <laughs> it while, is a like, longer sequence yeah. <laughs> than like it needs to be. Yeah. Which <laughs> the same thing with his dance later on because yeah. he's so good. You don't want to cut away from it. Um, and so he sings it through and then, then we know that this is going to be the worst day ever. Be- not for Terry, but for Marlon. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh shit. Like he, this, fuck. I, I thought I had him and I don't have him as figured out as I thought I did. So at the restaurant, the day at the restaurant, he like takes off his shoe. He has like a hangnail and he puts he his bites it. He, he foots, bites puts his foot on the table, the, the table that you're dining at, among other restaurant like patrons, mm-hmm. and put is now barefoot. Put slams it on the table, then sees the hangnail. He bite. He puts his foot in his mouth, <laughs> bites off the hangnail, spits out. 
the nail and it falls into the drink of champagne. Which I have to say, that doesn't turn on uh, Terry Crews' character. No, it doesn't. No, but it doesn't necessarily turn him off. He He's kind of like assessing the situation at yeah. that point. <laughs> How, <laughs> can he deal with it? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yes, the Marcus, answer is yes. Marcus goes on to order any possible smelly food on the menu that he can. Mm-hmm. Lots of garlic and sauerkraut. And like probably expensive items like ribs as well. And so it's messy items as well. Cause mm-hmm. Like he's eating the, the ribs and it's getting all over his face and he's not wiping his face, you know, mouth or whatever. And just like chomping as he eats. It's like really disgusting by any by any genderless standard. Like it's gross. And and then he also mentions to, uh, to Terry Cruz's character how badly he does at sports like which what, what does it play football oh yeah ba- it was basketball because he was talking about you can't, you can't make a three which I th- mm. I, up until that point I thought he was a football player for yeah. some reason oh well, obviously because the OJ reference that I thought he would mm-hmm. give, that I, well like, so he just seems more like the body of a yeah, football sure. player yeah. yeah so then he just like rags on him like you're awful which was also really funny because he had like his like uh like per, like stats on deck he, like had like specific right because like... he's obviously a fan yeah and so he, he so yeah he has like a lot to say yeah. which is always like the fact that i reason i don't like sports because it's always what really freaks me out is how like this like people who can't even like throw a ball like they have all these horrible things to say about like world-class athletes who are like doing their best and they probably right, were doing like... amazingly but they like have so many criticisms to it, which is exactly what he does to yeah. Cruz's character and instead he's like moved moved to tears yeah. nobody has ever cared this much before to tell him the truth right <laughs> which i thought was so funny like it's like how annoying can you get and then still loves you back and i think that was where it was sealed like that terry was in love and then the farting comes and then right. the farting because by that point it's already that the, he's already accepted that this is the love of his life yeah Mar- uh, marcus has exposed his uh white hairy belly oh uh, my gosh yes <laughs> And what was the line Terry says? It was some gross, something gross about he. I think he likes like a little junk in the trunk or something something similar to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little cushion for the pushing. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I can't remember exactly what happens, but I know he farts. I know Marlon's character farts, and then Terry's like, "Oh, I got one for you." Like it wasn't like a. It is a fart off, off. a little bit of a fart off. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's it's not a little bit. It's like it is a lot of bit of a fart (laughs) off in public. Yeah. Well, then they—that's when they end up at the club, and he tries to uh, drug Marcus's unsuccessfully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, actually, it's unclear though. It does seem like Marcus did get, or not Marcus, Terry Crews' character did get some white action that night, just just from with a, a man. young man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With longer hair. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the man who, even, who gave panic. him the drugs in the that's first place. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the film, right? I mean, everything works out. The wifey comes back. Uh, they make up, and she's no longer jealous because she understands. Uh, well, it's revealed that that Marlon wasn't cheating. It was Sean the whole time, and he, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. At, they didn't reveal that before because it would blow their <laughs> FBI cover. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Sean also gets his girl. Because uh, he saves her from a bullet. He's like, I only make $30,000 a year, which really? That, after taxes, he that, said. After taxes. Still. But also, I re- highly doubt FBI agents only make 30000 after no. taxes. No. So, but then he's These like. These guys seem pretty low on the ladder. Yeah, he's an assistant. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so he he does, you know, he's like, but like, I would still love to ask you on a date, even though like, I'm basically like broke. And she's like, look, any man who saves me from a bullet deserves to have a date with me, which is like, oh, that's what it takes, lady. Like, which is why I say that she wasn't normal. (laughs) That's true. That's the one time I I guess you're right. That's when that's when I turned on her. That's when I turned up until then. I was like. You were holding it all together, girl. And now it's like, she's not. She's no, not. She was she's a, a gold digger. Up. Yeah, she is. Yeah, because I thought maybe there'll be a reveal like, no, I just meant like, I like rich and poor guys. But it's like, no, no, no. no. I you like deserve. guys who are rich in spirit. Right, something. But no, instead, no, she was a gold digger. And she was kind to let him take her on a date. Yeah. Because he saved her life. Well, so then it sounds like you don't think that relationship's going to work out. <sighs> 
do you think Marlon's character and his wife, at this point, it's 2020, so 16 years later, do you think those two characters are still together? Absolutely not. Yeah, it seems like... She was a little too jealous, like, before before that whole thing, right? Like, she was... It just seems like there's trust issues in that relationship. And now, how about Terry... But which, again, is also a stereotype of, of a black woman in a relationship. Oh, there's, so. there's that, for sure. How about Terry Crews and the uh, actual white chicks? Do you think the three of them live happily ever after? Yes. <laughs> longer. I would say it's a longer term. Sure, it's a longer term. But maybe not up to today. Well, they ter- the women certainly, like, it's not, no, it's not forever. Okay, well, because they, they will be paralyzed after their first sexual encounter with them. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Well, maybe they, if it's two of them, they like split the split the pain. <laughs> Different <laughs> levels of force. It's like half force, right? Split. So like, <laughs> so they're like just just with a limp, but not in a wheelchair at the end. Oh my God! I don't know. Well, I don't know. I I'm just so. going with the history, sexual history of Terry Crews' character, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what Terry Crews needs as well. Mm. That can't be good for you emotionally and mentally to. Um, Paralyze every yeah, woman. Yeah, to be irreparably uh, <laughs> causing this damage to these women every time uh, you have sex. I mean, that must weigh heavy on your soul, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I'm going to say that Terry Cruz's character is dead by now. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. He just, like, plays too hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not safe, the, like, the risks he takes in life. That's sad, but yeah, I think it's might, sad. It's but he, yeah, right. but he is one of my favorites. So, yeah. do yeah. you think any of the FBI uh, characters have died in the line of duty since this movie came out? Well, I think the chief is great, doing great. What do you think, Ash? Like, well, if we see, have has anyone seen Bad Boys Three? I have seen Bad Boys <laughs> okay, for life. Okay, so yeah. if it uh, goes in that direction, then the chief is also dead. <laughs> <laughs> really? What? 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 Uh, the chief dies in that. Film. Yeah. And oh. he's like a, a, a beloved. Alert. Spoiler alert for <laughs> Bad Boys uh, 3. I'm sorry. Joe Pantoliano's character does die. <laughs> well, I think we covered everything about the plot. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, is, are there any last bits of white chicks that we didn't cover? That yes. <laughs> Do tell. The opening scene okay. with them at the bodega. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk as, about it. As, as... So how did they get in trouble with the boss? They fuck up a sting. Yeah. That it seems like was not um, sanctioned by the FBI. They kind of did this on their own. So they already had a history of going rogue. Yeah. And so this this is what causes them to lose their credibility once and for all. And then that's when they have a really simple job that nobody wants to do is to take these white chicks to the Hamptons. And then they, you know, propels the whole rest of the movie. But in this particular opening scene, what I really appreciated, again, these are all stereotypes, is they're pretending to be like these Cubans. And I I, I choose Cuban. I, in my head, if it's New York, like you would think like Dominican or Puerto Rican, but they have Cuban flag in the background. Mm. And then they're singing Guantanamera. Because they're wearing like an uh, older Cuban man. They're wearing skin. guayaberas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> the guy doesn't speak Spanish, one of them, right? Yeah. So he uses the words from Guantanamera <laughs> because, right? So there's the ice cream delivery, which they think is the drug delivery, cocaine delivery, but in, in, by like kind of Russian Right. Eastern European Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Something that when they first speak, you as the viewer are supposed to think, I don't trust this guy. Right. Which I actually had a feeling they were going to do that thing. Like, I'm like, the fake out. Yeah, the fake out. Because they look so bad. Like, there's a bad guy. I'm like, the twist is going to be they're the wrong guys. (laughs) So, our two heroes taking their masks off and revealing themselves. And these guys are on the ground and shit's going down. And the ice cream is, oh, wait, this is the real ice cream. And then the real bad guys walk in and ask the same question. Tell so and so, or tell—is it Manny? I'm gonna say it's Manny. Tell mm. Manny that the, the ice cream is here, whatever the thing was, and it was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a cool opening scene. So yeah, I think we covered white chicks pretty thoroughly. Yeah, uh, I wanted to uh, when we cover a movie like this where the Rotten Tomato score is so low, <laughs> I like to go through and look at some of like the reviewers that I recognize mm-hmm. just to see what they thought of the movie at the time it came out. And I found a few, uh, Wesley Morris, who 
I think now writes sometimes for the New York Times. Uh, when he saw the movie, he said, The film feels long when it should be brisk, and it's bloated with stretches of hot, dead air. Ashley, how do you react to this? This person doesn't know how to laugh. Hmm. That's where you're supposed to laugh in the dead air. Great. <laughs> uh, Richard Roper, who uh, toward the end of Ebert's life was like, took over for Gene Siskel. Uh, he said, it's the worst movie of the year. How do you respond to that, Ashley? I, I know that the Wayans brothers laughed their way to the box of the bank <laughs> after reading that. Nice. Uh, the last one I we can talk about right here is Roger Ebert himself. Roger did get to see it before he left us. Maybe and, that's why um, he left us. Oh no! <laughs> and his his review: a film so dreary and conventional that it took an act of the will to keep me in the theater. How many stars? One point five out of four. <laughs> okay, he gave an extra point five. Like. <laughs> He, he loved it deep inside, no? I was surprised because when I was, uh, before I looked at this and when I thought it had come out later, I was thinking, I, I wish Roger Ebert had been alive to see this movie because I think he would have liked it. But turns out I Dude. was wrong. Do, do you have any uh, comeback at the dead man? It wasn't a movie written for you, sir. That's fair. <laughs> Great. Uh, speaking of ratings, should we rate this yeah. baby? Let's do it. Sasha, do you have a scale in mind? Yeah, I do. Um, I will take Idiocracy because mm. I just love that movie and I will put it at a 10 because it has Terry Crews in an amazing ro- <laughs> role of the president who likes Mountain Dew. And um, yeah, I think that genre of like sort of very broad comedy, right? I mean, would you agree? Like with everybody's a caricature of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, would, I think that's a pretty good match for this type of comedy. I... Only really loved the scenes with Terry Crews. Mm. So, like, he probably, like, without him, this movie would have left me, like, cold, like a dead fish. Like, there's no feelings. I I actually didn't think that the two dudes were, like, really strong actors, personally. Like, Sean and Marlon. Yeah, Sean and Marlon. I, you know, uh, there's a reason why, why they are, you know, performing those parts. But I just felt like maybe there's better performances that could be happening i also was really creeped out like in the uncanny valley by the makeup of it although i am grateful ashley for your reference to the australian rapper what's her name iggy Iggy? azalea yeah she does indeed look in real life a lot like at least one of those characters (laughs) um so the scenes with terry crews for me would be like probably like eight on a ten scale like maybe like ten sometimes on a ten scale like a good line from terry crews like when he's singing but like other scenes not so hot mm-hmm. so altogether i think it comes down to a four and honestly mm. without your cruise would be probably lower than that but it doesn't exist without terry Crews. it doesn't so mm-hmm. if you put terry cruise in every scene which of course doesn't exist either it'll probably go all mm-hmm. the way up to like eight or nine wow that's me four if only harsh. you had been in a test screening oh. before it came out and you could <laughs> have like, Guys, given them cruise? that note <laughs> He should have his own show on NBC called Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he's the best. He's like the reason anybody watches that show. Uh-uh. All right. Steven, what about you? Uh, yeah, I like having Idiocracy. as an, I, I would maybe put Idiocracy at a nine just because Tennis. watching it now, oh. it has a weird kind of eugenics-y feeling to it oh, where right. like if all of the all these damn dumb people – having babies have like ruined the world mm-hmm. which you know i don't think that mike judge is a proponent of eugenics or whatever but i haven't seen it since i became more aware of what's happening around <laughs> right. me aka grown up <laughs> <laughs> i also haven't seen it then so i could be blowing it out of proportion um but i remember liking it and i especially remember liking terry cruz in it i th- i like the makeup in this movie I agree that it is very uncanny valley and almost scary, but I like that about it. And I like that all the characters in the movie are just like, 
yeah, that's what these women look like. And we're, it's great to see you again. You know? uh, know. And they just saw them, some of them, sometimes they just saw them five minutes ago and they still don't, right. don't like, you know, like they, they, we have to believe that that team of FBI specialists really knocked it out of the park, making them really look just perfect. Like at the, at the uh, fashion show, Sean and Marlon will walk down the runway and go off and then the actual twins will come out immediately they changed that fast <laughs> Terry Crews astounded but then the twins within their own sets are aware of the others differences <laughs> that, so that well, impressed I, me I, I thought that was oh, the same uh, oh. right I thought that oh, when it's the, the one real twin and then the one brother that they were supposed to be the same, the same one person. and that's why they were like really? oh my god okay well that that's funny that's pretty funny <laughs> that's how I read that uh, and all, of course, Terry Crews is amazing in this. I loved it. I, I'm, I, I'd never seen this movie before. I'd seen bits of it. Uh, when I used to work at a high school, one of my uh, fellow teachers, we uh, co-taught a film class one year. Um, he had two sections of it. I only co-taught one of them. In the other section, they ended up watching this movie a lot. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, and so, like, so every once in a while, I would sit in and see, like, little snippets of it. But... Uh, it, the those students loved the movie, and I get I get why. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's there's funny moments. It's enjoyable. I you know there's a lot of humor in it that feels outdated and feels like, while not necessarily coming from a from a bad place, could certainly uh, be received poorly, um, and that's unfortunate. Ultimately, I did enjoy the experience of watching the movie more uh, more than I thought I would. <laughs> Uh, it was same for me actually I did enjoy more than I thought it yeah Yeah. Uh, I would give it a six all right all right more importantly Ashley how do you feel about this film what is the scale for you and what's the number for you so I haven't seen the reference film you are using sure make your own Um, but I actually consider this like a comedy like standard like for me when I think I want to be funny I want to be like this movie (laughs) Like, White Chicks started it for Terry Crews. Like- Everybody watch a Disney Plus show that <laughs> Ashley's working on. Especially- if you like White Chicks, you especially will Especially her episodes, uh, the ones that she's written. Um, definitely a lot of things you'll recognize. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so I, I would agree that there are certain jokes that, like, don't... Uh, they don't land today yeah Um, it happens to comedy a lot though but yeah i would say that that is like the nature of comedy like and so i think in 2004 when it came out it's a 10 15 or 16 years ago just a few years just a few years ago we were wrapped up in wars in the middle east at this point (laughs) we needed a laugh i mean they were they they probably wrote it right after a 9-11 if you think about the timing how long Uh it takes a movie to be made and like money money to come in and then like to shoot it and edit they probably were like september 12th we start writing this film we need to make this a better place it was it was important. we care about 9-11 i just want to say when we bring it up it was because such a meaningful part of our lives that's why we bring it up like it really changed cultural landscape i think for people our age uh you know 9-11 was a huge milestone at very formative years for us and so I think older people like look at younger people make kind of making jokes about 9/11 and think how dare they. But we've grown up in this post 9/11 world. It's more world. like yeah. It's just part of who it's in our DNA. To me almost. the funny part about it is that we've in some ways did recover from it because when 9/11 happened I remember being like the world is never going to be the world that like you can live in like it's going to be a fucking disaster nonstop, right and so the, the fact and that so we, far you're right yeah well but so, so but we do have white chicks right we have this <laughs> film that we enjoy like we still are able to laugh especially terry cruz's scenes so this is why we talk about 9-11 when we do talk about 9-11 because it does come up a lot in our podcast sorry ashley, ashley. and i no, so sorry no apology needed um and i would also say like even today, how we're trying to figure out how to be funny, I think we need to use white chicks as a reference. Everyone becomes a stereotype, and then you can just laugh at all of them, and so that mm. there's no single character that is That's a, great a scapegoat. Point. And so, 
you know, that I've solved comedy for you. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the things it. Ashley does. She doesn't just write comedy. She solves it. All right. Here it is. Comedy so, is a math equation. But- and that's what I learned at the UCB theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll teach you that. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but I will say, I mean, look, I I am a 1000% white chicks enthusiast. But I do want to acknowledge that the, some of the jokes like just don't land in 2020. Yeah. And so I will give it a nine as opposed to a ten. <laughs> Wow, harsh, harsh, harsh. <laughs> well, great. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me, you know, inspiring me to watch White Checks. Yeah, thanks for the excuse to watch it. Sasha, is there anything that you've come across recently that you would like the listeners to shut up and love? Yeah, recently I was talking to my friend Carlton Gillespie, friend of the show. Oh, future guest. F- maybe past guest. Okay. Yeah, I think guest. past guest. Recent friend of the, guest. Absolutely friend of the show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was talking to him about like how I just love so many British comedies. And I was like, dude, like I keep bringing up all the British comedies in our shut up. I love it chapter at the end. And I'm like, there's so many. And he's like, have you ever seen plebs? And I was like, what is plebs? And he told me about the show that I absolutely love. And I find it very broad and like in the most best possible way. Like it's such a great comedy. It's a British comedy. Um, it's about basically like three dudes who come from um, like a farm town to the big city it only happens to be ancient rome (laughs) so and they want to get chicks and they want to get better jobs and they work in the terrible office but anyway uh check out plebs i like anything ancient rome related like i would watch anything ancient rome stuff so such such a great show so funny what about you steven you got anything well just like sasha likes anything ancient rome related i like anything (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock related. Uh-huh. Uh, big fan. Not necessarily of the man, but certainly of the art. It, you know, it's one of these instances. Normally I don't... I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Because sometimes I'll be like, I can't separate the art from the artist. It happens. If it's like uh, and an it's artist natural. that I don't care about. Well. I guess if it's an artist that I like, I can. Right. Uh, recently I watched for the first time Rebecca. Which is not one that... I thought you did because you kept bringing it up the other day. I was like, did Steven recently watch I Rebecca? brought it's it up once. Very hard to find film. Like, very hard yeah, to find. Yeah, it's not one of his, you know, huge hits that everybody talks about these days. And it's um, because it's not a thriller or suspense film in the way that, like, Psycho like or ghost, Rear Window are. Like... It is, oh. it's like a ghost story without a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Laurence Olivier, who I, I don't know if I've n- maybe never seen him in a movie before, but he was very handsome. Ooh, uh, i got to check it out Lawrence, just for that. Laurence Olivier, Joan Fontaine, uh, they kind of fall in love while on vacation, and he brings her back to his manor home, uh, which has this uh, history uh, that part of his dead wife kind of still feels like yeah she still feels like she roams the grounds in a way all the servants keep comparing the new woman to the to rebecca who they loved and how perfect she was and how gracious she was and kind and she just can't fucking just just stand up to the standard of this woman right and the movie as it plays out in the back half the the like reveal of everything that's going on is is maybe not as effective as the more atmospheric first half which is just Joan Fontaine's character kind of exploring Manderly and kind of like I agree the setup was better than the payoff but the payoff was okay the payoff is is more like uh mathematical I think than the end and also like the very end again has elements that in 2020 we would be like this is this should not be in this movie but Obviously, this was not made in 2020. I think it's absolutely worth watching, just like almost every Alfred Hitchcock movie is. So give it a look, Rebecca. Yeah, and even I'm going to even say that watch season 10 of Robot Chicken. There's, um, <laughs> I wrote a pretty long sketch with Bitch Pudding, and it's a parody of Hitchcock. Uh, if you don't want to watch uh, that whole season, go online and search. It's a Psycho Bitch, I think. Maybe it end up... It, yeah, but or you can just search my name, Sasha Filer, uh, Bitch. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it will come up. And if it doesn't, add something pudding. else comes up. And add pudding uh, to it. And yeah, I freaking wrote it because yeah. I love Hitchcock. And 
I'm, I'm going to say that's not even a suggestion. That's a requirement. That's if a you requirement. want to continue listening to this podcast, you Hard must. Um, Ashley, do you, do you have anything? Uh, does it have to be for viewing pleasure? No. Anything. No. Okay. Uh, so since we talked about Juan Tanavera, uh, I will recommend, that's Celia Cruz, I will recommend Ismael Rivera and Cortijo y Combo since I wasn't allowed to talk about my Puerto Rican music. <laughs> Please. Um, Go check it out. I, this, that's the music I grew up on. Well, I'll put it in the notes of the podcast so that people know uh, what it is if they didn't understand you. And those who understood you, good for you. Yeah. Great. Right. Uh, Ashley, is there anything you'd like to plug? Any upcoming Disney Plus well, shows Vita, that you Vita's want to out, reveal? right? Uh, Vita's out. The, se- the season three is not out yet. Go online and find out, you it's know, people stars. when freaking Vita season three premieres and Ashley's work sure. will be part of it fast yeah. and furious spy racers oh spy racers season one is out on netflix you could totally watch that and then if you wait till season two so if you watch it then season two will come which i'm sure like obviously it's already been written and done so like <laughs> season two is coming y'all <laughs> i don't okay. know if that's a spoiler and then i guess watch every new thing that comes out on disney plus every week eventually will f- reveal i mean it'll, it's coming out 2021 so okay. you can wait till then right. um, i have like three people friends of mine working on disney plus shows all right well thank you elizabeth salute for artwork thank you andrew hayworth for our theme music Thank you, Carlton Gillespie, for videos. Thank you, Jay Hunter, for production support. And if you want to see us, Stephen and I play uh, at our improv show uh, on our movie, improvised movie team, direct-to-video. We perform every second and fourth Thursday of the month at 9 o'clock at Moving Arts Theater in Los Angeles in Silver Lake. What else? Thank you for listening. listening.